Happy New Year and welcome to the podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. I have three announcements I want to give to you. One is, uh, for all of you ladies, the the 55 plus that we're all going to meet it at our house this past week, uh, the reason you didn't is because Pastor Family, then you were going to meet this week, uh, and because of all things that happened, we're going to... We're going to postpone you out a little bit farther there so she can get everything scheduled because she likes to wine and dine you and make you it all pretty and do all those things there. And she couldn't, didn't have that chance. So we don't exactly know when that's going to be. It's going to be closer to Valentine's Day, make it real pretty for you. So, hey, sorry about that. But that is something that, that, that it takes place and goes from there. So um, also... For those of you that don't know, those of you that have junior high and high school kids at our church, uh, they're all going to a winter camp this coming weekend. And if you haven't, if your kid didn't tell you, didn't know anything about it, might be a cool thing you to talk to them, have a communication. And if, you know, they've been wanting to go or not going, but, you know, we want to send as many kids as we can. So, uh, uh, you know, we're believing for, for good things there. And so, um, you know, we want them to just be blessed. We know that camp is a, is a good thing. It's a supernatural little touch lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, if they haven't been talking to you, you know, maybe you need to talk to them. Find out if they're going to go or if you want to go. And then those other of you want to sponsor a kid, that'd be fine too. It's $80 for the weekend for them. And uh, they're going to a new place. They, they, they've done the summer there. They're going back to Richardson camp there. So praise God. Amen. Another thing is, is that somebody handed me this, is that there's a men's Bible study group that's actually been going on. And it's a group of a lot of churches that gather together. And it actually meets at Quail Lakes Baptist. If you guys meet on Monday. Monday nights. So we don't have a men's Bible study as of yet. None of you have stepped up and wanted to do that. I have too many things to do. I don't want to do that. I love teaching and sharing. So, but if you'd like to be connected with that, it actually meets at 7 p.m. And so right now they're studying the book of Matthew. So listen, hungry for the things of God, you can never not learn more and more and more and have fellowship. Amen. And see God do good things. So that would be a blessing if you'd like to be involved in that and get connected. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this morning because I love to talk about Harvest Bible Church. I love to talk about Jesus, but I love to talk about Harvest Bible Church because I'm excited about it. I actually believe in it. I actually believe in the local church. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. That's the scripture that's on the front of my pulpit here. And uh, it's a scripture that God gave me over 27 years ago when we were coming out here. And he said, this is why you're coming. You're coming because of this. And, you know, because I was minding my own business. You know, for those of you that don't know a little bit of our history, I pastored uh, for almost 13 years, 12 and a half years in the inner city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so we had a very large facility there. It was right in the middle of the projects between two really difficult places, a war zone. And, uh, uh, you know, and so... It was, you know, it, it was an amazing uh, facility in the sense that it was, it was five stories high, and it had tunnels underneath it because it was a brewery before the in, before the twenties, and then it got closed closed down in prohibition. And so, it, it was funny when we started remodeling and doing things and creating. We found tunnels that went under the gas station, tunnels that went under this into the under underneath the library across the street, and we found all. And then it also had. Uh, you know, the Phantom of the Opera, it had catwalks all up around. It had a, a hanging ceiling that was 47 feet high. 
solid plaster and hanging with wires and things like that. And you had, so you had all kinds of places to do things. And uh, it was a unique building that it was just needed a lot of help. So it took me 11 years to remodel that building. And I remodeled that building, got it all set up, got it all beautiful. And then God said, hey, I don't care what you've done for the last 15 years. Will you be obedient now? And then God called us to come to California and turn that church. I was completely paid for, completely done. So I turned it over to uh, a gentleman who's still there, still pastoring that church. And so thank God for that, that they're still there. Uh, and God has done great things along that line. And, you know, we just came with a heart and a desire. And, and on the way, I said, Lord, why are you sending us? What do you want us to do? And he gave us Luke 4, 18, which says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I love this because I believe this is the sermon Jesus preached everywhere he went. He established why God sent him, what he was doing. And, you know, God gave us a, a, a mission statement then. He gave us a mission statement about winning the lost, equipping the saints through a ministry of integrity. We've changed it and shortened it because people can't think that much. So it's reach, build, and honor. Okay, which means we're reaching out and touching lives, and that's the same vision that we have. You know, someone says, what is the word for 2022? Well, actually, I got three words for 2022 for Harvest Bible Church. You know, I've talked to a lot of ministers and a lot of my friends, and we, we communicate all the time. And, and we've had, you know, for us, we've just had an exceptional year. We've had God's hand, God's plan and purpose. And so he's propelled us out into the forefront of things. And so we're not looking to try to rebuild. We're not looking to try to have to get back up. We're already up and we're going forward and we're going to keep moving and we're going to keep going. So, so the word for us, three words that God gave me. Number one, he gave me boldness. And the reason that he gave me boldness is because we've got to declare boldly what God is doing. Amen. The second word is influence. Why is that? It's because we've got to make sure that we're a bigger influence than the world is. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Hallelujah. Because, see, most people don't like words like that because they don't want to have to do anything. They'd like God to do it. This is going to be of God doing all these things. Listen, God's never stopped doing things. Thank you for your overwhelming response there. Listen, we're going to keep going in the direction God's always caused us to do. We are still going to reach the lost. We are still going to build up the body of Christ, tell people who they are in Christ. We're still going to take hold of the spirit of faith and reach out and let everybody know that God is still God. And the third word is assurance, which simply means God is going to back up your boldness and your influence. Amen. God's going to back it up. God's going to make it happen. There's going to be things come to pass hallelujah, that need to come to pass because you know, of what God wants to see accomplished in the church and he wants to see it accomplished in the end of the days. Amen? You know, listen, folks, the world's going to get darker, but the church is going to get brighter. The lines in the sand are going to get drawn even, even more and 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 more. But we need to have this assurance that we're reaching out and touching lives, that we're building each other up, encouraging one another, charging each other up, strengthening one another. Amen. Hallelujah. That we're going to be the church. 
You know, we look at this and we kind of go, man, it's just so hard. They're just persecution. They're not going to let it. They're taking this away. They're taking that away. Listen, some of you ought to study church history. See, because we're, we're, we're going full circle. We're winding down to the end of this to bring back the king. And so, there's, so there is thing. There's going to be birth pains. There's going to be things happening. But I mean, if you study church history, the church was going for about 300 years. And, and in, in AD 300, that's when there was a crazy guy that got over Rome. And he decided that, nope, you can't be Christian anymore. We're going to kill everybody. Let's burn all the scripture. They burned all the you know, things they could get their hands on. And they were killing everybody. Amen. That's where St. Nicholas came from. That time. Where he was thrown in prison for years and years and years and years. For just being nice. But he wouldn't denounce Christ. And so they'd take him out just to beat him senseless. And then they'd throw him back in the dungeon. And then when he gets strong enough, they'd take him out and beat him again. Okay, well, with that and with an understanding of those things there, he didn't. Now, he lasted through that because that guy died off. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then, then a guy worse than him actually came on for a few short years. Then he left. And then finally, somebody came on with some sins and said, hey, guess what? We're going to say it's okay to be a Christian like he had authority. <sighs> Well, he did as he was the ruler of the known world at that time. But see, we look at this thing and we think, you know, I mean, if you read and you study history, the Bible says that the executioner's acts, or not the Bible, but the history says this, that the executioner's acts became dull because they were killing so many Christians. And they got tired. <laughs> I mean, that's a sad commentary. You say, Pastor, are we going to get to that? Not we're going to get raptured out of here before that all happens. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. But we need to understand some things of why we're here, what we're doing, where we're headed. Yeah, God's blessed us. God blessed us so supernaturally in 2021, you know, with increase, with people, with finances, you know, gave us the building and, and the ability to do what we're doing and all the things that he wants us to do. here. And he gave us a platform to reach out and touch lives. You know, we're at a great place. We have a great location. Hallelujah. We have a great ability. Yes, yes, we do need bigger buildings. We need this to be doubled in size. We need to, you know, to get a temporary, you know, with gymnasium. And, and I say gymnasium because that can be used. It can be used for a sanctuary, all the things. But also can be used for a lot of other things that we can be an oasis to reach out and touch as many lives as we can. You know, people always ask me all the time, well, how big is your vision for people? I said, listen, my vision is directly connected to the number of people that need to get saved in this world. So it's a big vision. It's a big vision when we're at. We're going to do what God's called us to do. But you've got to understand what our purpose as the church is. Amen? What does it mean to be boldly proclaimed the word of God? We're not going to be afraid. How many of you know they continually try to bring fear on you? And they're going to continue to try to bring fear. And they're going to continue to try to, to lock us down or to do this. But you know what? One of the wonderful things about God is, is that if we'll be faithful to do what he calls us to do, and we'll be faithful to stand in his word... We're going to see the salvation of the Lord. We're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to see this. And God needs us. See, that doesn't go over real big. God doesn't need any. Yes, he does. Because if God didn't need us, why doesn't he just save everybody? Why doesn't he just wrap this thing up? Because he tied himself to us. 
Look at here in Luke 4. I want you guys to notice this is not only for me, but this is for you. Jesus said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Guess what? The spirit of the Lord is upon you because you're a part of this church and because you're a part of what God is doing here, what he wants to do. And I'm bragging on Jesus, bragging on what God has done. You know, it has nothing. You know, I wish I could say, you know, that I did something special. But I didn't do anything special except show up. I didn't do anything special except be faithful. I don't do anything special except say, Lord, I'm going to be willing and obedient to stand and to say, to do what you want me to say and do. And God's honored that. God honors our faith. So when you understand that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and it is upon because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the greatest thing, to preach the gospel to the poor. It's to touch lives. Amen? I mean, there are people that are, they just need to hear the truth. They need to hear hope. You know, I often wonder, would we be willing to do what all these earlier Christians did, be beaten, be killed for our faith? Or would we run and hide? Or would we give in? Amen. I mean, you know, it's like I I often wonder that at different times in my life, you know, and I think that's where I've had the great privilege of being threatened for my faith. I've had the great privilege of being surrounded and said, I'm going to get killed because of what I believe. And that's such a joy. See, y'all look at me crazy. I know I'm crazy. I'm a little bit weird. Okay, I understand all that. But when you actually look at that and when you've actually had to face that, it changes everything. Because you, you get to look at the Bible when it says that when Acts chapter 4, when they turned around and said, don't preach or teach it in the name of Jesus anymore. And then they beat them. And then they went rejoicing, counting it worthy to be beaten for the Lord. And they went to their own company. And they said, and they lit, and told them what all the chief priests and the elders had said. And they lifted up their voice to God in one accord. And they said, thou art God, the creator of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. And behold, all the threatenings that would have come. And then they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Let us speak the word with boldness. Hallelujah. Do mighty signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. They didn't back up or back away. They were told not that they were told that they were going to be imprisoned and killed and they proclaimed the gospel. Amen. Because the spirit of the Lord is about to preach the gospel to the poor. Not only that, he sent us to heal the brokenhearted. Man, how many people have had their hearts broken? Everybody has. And all these things, we've lost loved ones. We've lost things. We've seen all this, this stuff. And, and we're not saying that it isn't real. Faith never denies the reality of things. It only changes it. It takes our faith. And so the spirit of faith that rises up and it rises up with a positiveness of yet God is God. And the word of God never fails. So we're not going to back off of believing God, praying for folks, letting the power of God and the healing power of God. You know, Tracy asked me a question at the teacher. She said, where do you go from here? I said, you keep praying for Harvest Bible Church and for people to be well and whole. And you take authority over all the things that have been spoken forth. I mean, come on. The leader of our nation got up and said, you're all going to die from sickness. We've got to stop. We've got to take authority over words quickly. You've got to understand you can't do that. You can't say things. You, anytime somebody says something that's contrary to the word of God, you immediately got to take authority over those words. You've got to take a... You know, the Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. That doesn't mean there's not going to be a lot of weapons formed against you. It just means they can't prosper. And then every tongue that rises up in judgment, you have to condemn it. You have to come against it. You're not who they say you are. You don't have to partake in what they're saying you have to partake in. You don't have to receive it. 
You need to understand this. We are governed by a whole different set of laws and rules. By the word of God. Now that doesn't mean we go out in rebellion and do things, try to act stupid. Amen. I'm your pastor. Hallelujah. I have to come help you. All right. (laughs) But see, what we need to understand, what we need to understand, hallelujah, is that there are so many brokenhearted out there that they just need us. They need hope. They need strength. You know, this whole thing is to try to divide us, to not talk to one another, not to be around one another, to break down all the barriers. And guess what? The body of Christ has to be connected. You know, hallelujah. There, there, there's things that we have to do. We have to come together. There has to be things that we share and we do. We have to break bread together. He also said to preach deliverance to the captives. Man, how many people are held bondage by their own thoughts? How many people are held in bondage by their own thoughts? Oh, but what about this? What, yeah, what about this? What about? But here's what the word of God says. See, when you get the word of God on this subject, God's word always supersedes all the other words that are around there. You know, God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said there'd be some signs that should follow you and I. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to be the one that people run and they ask the reason of the hope that's within it. It changes everything. Amen. There should be some supernatural signs about you. Amen. One, you should be casting out devils. That's what he said. He said, these signs are followed in deadly. In my name, they're going to cast out devils, which means if the enemy's coming again, you're going to be able to do that. There's going to be manifestations. There's going to be crazy things. And you wonder why people are acting as crazy as they are. Amen. It's that they can't help themselves. The Bible says you're going to speak with new tongues. That makes everybody nervous because everybody talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. You know, many, and the reason the devil has fought that so much, the reason he's come against you so much in your life and in your prayer line is because that's what causes power in your life. The Bible says you shall receive the Holy Spirit and after that you shall receive power to become witnesses. reason that we're not all witnesses is because we don't think that it works. Don't shout me down now. Come on, praise God. I I helping you and I want to believe God with you. Listen, I grew up in a church that talked about tongues being of the devil. I grew up, I learned all the things about how terrible it was. And I got when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, glory to God and spoke in other tongues, changed my life. So you can't convince me, talk to us. What has it helped you? It's helped me more than anything else I've ever had happen, other than being born again. Now, people get all mad about that, but that's just, I can't help you, but I can pray for you. No. So they say, well, do I have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? No. No, you don't. You've got to believe in Jesus to get to heaven. Okay? But glory to God. Thank God that we can be filled and full and allow God to be God. Does it make us uh, 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 this, this, this better thing? What it does is that it enables us to receive from God, and it gives us a supernatural boldness to stand up. Because everybody should be. So we're not going to get into that because people get, you know, people want to fight wars over that. It does. We can walk in the love of God. But we need to preach deliverance to the captives because so many people are bound up. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say we need to have recovery of sight to the blind. I tell you what, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of a lot of folks. And he's blinded the eyes of a lot of Christian folks in a lot of, th- a lot of areas. But we just have to stand up and preach truth and love people. Amen? Recovery of sight to the blind. Those that have lost their way. Those that have just can't see. And we've got to open up their eyes to see. And only the Holy Spirit can give revelation. Amen? Amen? And here's a big one. 
to set at liberty them that are bruised. And that was the one that the Lord really spoke to me about this particular area, which I, I know it's not that way anymore because we've been here for 27 years and things that are going on. But that phrase about set it at liberty them that are bruised, it's those that have been beaten up or those that have been let down by people in leadership. Primarily pastors and, and leadership of Christian leaderships that we had our faith in the wrong people instead of having our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everybody in this room could probably attest that there's been a, a spiritual person let them down at one time or another. See, if you got your eyes on me, you're in trouble. You'll find out if you follow me long enough, I got lots of flaws. I don't try to do things. I love God with all my heart, and I, and I repent every day for, for, for things that I, I do. I said, Lord, if I hurt somebody, if I messed up anything, if I caused any Lord, hey, help me. Because I don't want to do that. I want to point you to Jesus because he's the perfect person. I want to point you to him. But I'm going to lead and I'm going to go because God had called me. God's anointed me to do this. God's called me to lead Harvest Bible Church. And I'm going to do it. With all of my heart, I'm going to do everything about it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because when the Bible tells me that there's some signs that are supposed to follow you, there's some signs that are supposed to follow us as a church. Amen. I believe that with all, I believe that the supernatural power got, and I say supernatural with an emphasis, that we need to see things that you can't understand. I need to see some awe and wonders, some signs and wonders that make you stand there and look and you wonder like a cow at a new gate, you know, and you don't even know whether you get to go through it or not. Make you bat your eyes, hallelujah, just change you, you know, hallelujah, because God's heart is this. Now go with me if we would over to Ephesians. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians with me and uh, Ephesians chapter four. Hallelujah. Because this is the reason, this is one of the biggest things that we need to have, the reason we have the whole local church, the reason we're here is we got to keep you saved. You know, we got to keep you saved. And that's a hard job. You know, that's why God called pastors is to help keep you saved, keep you focused, keep you going. Because I, I want you to end strong. I want you to finish. I can't tell you, I guess I can't tell you. I can tell you that many, many people that I've helped uh, that at the end of their, their time, in the end of they know they're not gonna live much longer and they're wondering about, is heaven really real? Is it, is it really real? You know, is, 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 really, is God real, Jesus real? You know, because they get down to the, the end and they know that they're not gonna live their life much longer. Everybody does very much soul searching and they're wondering, okay, well, is what I believe my whole life, is it really real? You know, and uh, uh, in, in sharing with them and getting the word of God and getting them to understand it. You know, I never forget one of the, you know, uh, um, you know talking and sharing one of the first ones um, that really God really spoke to me a lot was about my father. My father was 53 years old and he, he had cancer and he died of cancer at the age of 53. So I was 28 and I got to do his funeral. And uh, I remember he'd call me in the middle of the night and he'd, he'd talk to me and he'd be crying and we'd be talking and he'd say, well, is heaven real? And I'd have a chance to share and to talk and to preach to him and say, yes, you know, because I just couldn't get him healed. I couldn't get, I didn't know why. I worked and worked and did everything I could. But I started talking, I said, no, no. And I began to share what the word of God says and, and you need to see the peace of God 
that would even go through the phone and that would bring peace to him and peace to him and, and bring that. I said, you know what? Heaven's real. Here's what the Bible declares. And then they could be, have peace. I remember one lady in our church here, in our church here, I was talking to her because she was like, I don't know. I didn't do enough. I haven't done it. I don't know. I really don't know if am I going to make heaven. And I began to just fellowship and pray with her and talk to her and, and, and give the word of God to her. And the presence of God came into that hospital room. That's when you could visit people. And, and hospital rooms there. And so anyways, and she's like, okay, I'm just going to die right now. I said, you can't die right now. Your kids are coming. You got to wait for them. I said, you got to wait. She said, oh, no, it's so good. I said, no, you got to wait. I'm not going to let you go. You got to wait here now. I got you so excited to go, but you can't go yet. You got to wait. And she did. They came in, had a great time, wonderful time. And then she went home to be with Jesus. You know, I mean, I've helped five or six people since being here to help go to heaven because the key is, is knowing how to go through the gates of death and not the jaws of death because everybody's fear that death is an enemy. But see, here's what happened. All of a sudden, you're going to get this sickness. You're going to die. Everybody got afraid. I mean, I'm envious of everybody who passed on. They're not messing with you or me or anything else. They're having fun, especially if they're a Christian. Now, if they weren't, then there's a sad thing. But if they're Christians, glory to God. You see, yeah, but they missed, yeah, they missed out on the miserable life down here. And they're in heaven. <laughs> Don't tell me. Even on your best day here, it doesn't compare to, 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 to the lousiest day you have in heaven. And you can't even have a lousy day in heaven. Okay? You know, you see these things, but look at here in Ephesians chapter four, because this is where we're living right now. And this is why we have the church. This is why we've got to stay connected. This is why, because the enemy is going to try to come and convince you to walk in fear. He's going to convince you that, well, you have to do this or you have to do that. And you need to follow. The only thing you have to do is believe God. The only thing you have to do is stay saved. Here, and I want to read it to you out of the New Living. I wrote it down out of the New Living because I liked it that way. But I'm going to begin reading at verse 8. It says, this is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to the lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Let me just stop right there. You are going to see so much on social media about the evangelists attacking the prophets right now because they're all mad about what they did in 2020 and 2021 that didn't come to pass. So you're going to have this one judging that one. You're going to have teachers saying, well, they really rightly corrected this. They would have done this. And they're going to say, well, they, can't take, they took that out of context. Everybody wants to correct everybody. See, I'm a pastor, so I've got to be, we're, we're the one in the middle. We're the ones that say, y'all got to walk in love because we need apostles. We need prophets. We need evangelists. We need teachers. But the, the pastor says, but y'all come in and mess up my folks. I'm the, I got to live with these folks. Stop it. Be nice. See, we, you know, we got a great meeting coming up with Guy. He's coming. He's an evangelist. He has a prophetic flair. He's going to come in and blow, blow up. And it's going to be great. But then I got to live with you afterwards. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome because he's got a good word. He's a great guy. But I know all these things. All of, I mean, I, they're all my friends. You know, it just is. See, that's, you know, but that's just the way. That, and we have to have that. We have to have that. You know, we have to have all those guys. I mean, we do. We need them. We need them, you know. And, uh, 
Uh, we need all doing what God's called them to do. But the key is, is don't, you know, God gave gifts and they are gifts. I just wish they'd all get along. Just challenges, you know, hallelujah. But then that's my gift. My gift is to try to get you all to get along. That's why I'm a pastor. Hallelujah. Look at what it says. And it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, here's the phrase that you got to grab a hold of because this is what the enemy's trying. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fitly together perfectly or fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. <laughs> hey, see, we want to we want to finish. We want to finish our courses, we want to make sure that we're going in the right direction because there's going to be a whole lot of things happening. Listen, the number one thing that the devil always does is he deceives. And with deception comes offense. It's the number one thing he wants to do is get you offended about something. That doesn't really matter. Remember, I just told you about the apostles, prophets, evangelists. These guys don't agree on, they can argue and get fuss and fighting about everything. You know, but the key is, is that we can get them all back into saying, hey, the one thing we want is we want God's kingdom to be done. We want what God wants in our lives. We're going to get back in the love of God. Amen. And so getting them to know and understanding their part. And when everybody understands their part, things change of why they do what they do, you know, and you say, thank God for that. But see, I don't want you to be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And there'll be a lot of new things. There's a lot of new things going to be coming down the, down the pike, you know. And the biggest thing is I don't want you to be influenced when other people try to trick you with lies that are so clever they sound like the truth. And you always got to base it in there. You always got to base it in there and base it into it, 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 with the Word of God. So it says, well, what makes us right? We just got to base it on the Word of God. You always got to go back to the Bible. I mean, I don't know everything. I don't know. I mean, I praise God. I look and I listen and I check everything out. Everybody's saying and doing. But I tell you, the truth is that I want to make sure that I'm lining it up with the word of God, that I can see the full counsel of God in it and see the heart of God in it. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's a truth in everything that somebody's trying to get across. They just kind of embellish it at times and add a few things extra. And that's what can cause some things that are there, you know. And and you need to understand as a church and as a pastor, we are going to continue to keep moving forward. We're going to continue to keep growing. We want to help out. We want to have an incredibly strong youth group. We want to have an incredibly strong children's ministry. That's my heart. Can't have a strong church without it. Nursery. Can't have a strong church without every area. You know, men's group, all the thing, ladies, you know, ushery, nurseries, Greed. I mean, everything needs to. We should. We should have tons and tons of people. Amen. You know, 
We should be excited about the things of God. I mean, you should not leave this place without having nine people harass you. At least know who you are. How are you doing? Say, man, that's, that's the friendliest bunch I've ever been around. Like, yeah, Lee, you go to that church. Everybody talks to you. You know? And if you didn't get that, I'm sorry. You need to. We need to slap everybody else here. But uh, no, we need to be that way in every area. We should have more than enough of what God wants to do. Because there's a reason of why we're here. Yes, Jesus is coming back. Glory to God. And we need to do all that we know to do. We have all kinds of things that we're endeavoring to, to, to have and do and our church is doing. It's really healthy because we want to be in effect in every area that we can. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, because it's so precious. Because what is God's heart? God's heart's evangelism, number one. That's, that's the mission. Is it's reaching out and touching lives. He wants people to be saved. Amen. That's the number one thing. Now, you can go to heaven poor. You can go to heaven sick. You can go to heaven depressed. You can go to heaven discouraged. You can go to heaven not knowing anything except Jesus. But you can't go to heaven without knowing Jesus. That's the key. So we got to get people to know Jesus. We want to disciple you. We want to help. That's why we want to not only want to reach and touch your life, but we want to build you up because we want you to walk in what God has and all the blessings that God has for you. We want you to know your rights and privileges. Amen. That's why we have discipleship. That's why we want to train you and teach you and, and bring the word of God to you so that you'll stand strong. Amen? I mean, that was the thing that bothered me the most when I was growing up. I got born again at the age of nine years old. Loved Jesus with all my heart. But from nine to 18, you know, I was in church every day. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night training, Wednesday night church. So I went to church all the time. My daddy made us go to church all the time and whatever else we were doing. And uh, so we, we did things, but I just didn't understand who I was and what I, I mean, they preached hell hot. They preached, you got to get saved. I mean, I wore out my rededicator coming down to the altar. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because they preached, I mean, it was like, hey, you lousy sinner, you worm, you need to, you know, if you did this, if you did that and you did, you better come back. Now you better come down and repent. It was bad, you know, so you just went down and repented all the time, you know, it just was, and, uh, but there was no power in my life, and when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and when that changed my life, and I began to get a hold of the Word of God, I realized, wow, what I want to do is I want to get this into people so that they can know who they are, what they have, and they can live free from condemnation and guilt, amen, that's my heart, that's why discipleship, that's why studying and learning and doing, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's our heart, so that you know the truth. See, I got no, no, no problem saying, hey, go over to the you know, Bible studies or go and look at it. Learn the truth. I believe you got enough sense like an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks. I believe you get trained and taught. We can teach you the truth. You just know that. I pray for you. But see, not only do we have evangelism and disciple, but this is a place where we need worship. I mean, we, we, we have good things, but we should have multitudes of people up here. You're singing and worshiping and honoring God, not just her. Amen. You say, well, I tried, I know, but you probably didn't sing as good as you thought you could, so that probably didn't work. But I'm not, I'm not blaming you. And I, did, I, I tried, too. She fired me, too. Because I, she's like, I, I said, I'll help you. No, you can't help. I said, okay. So, so don't feel so bad, okay? If you, if you tried and then you didn't get asked, I tried, too, and I got shot down, too. So... Which I'm really glad I got shot down because y'all wouldn't be here if I was singing, so that's okay. 
But you know what? We need to have that. Why do we have that? Because we need to create an atmosphere where God can supernaturally come and change our lives. And how many of you know that we need fellowship one with another? That we need to be the body of Christ. I love the company that I keep. That's why I love Harvest Bible Church. I love the company that I keep. I love who I'm connected with. It's we need to do this as a community and we're connected and we get this and we want to help one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another. Amen? So these are things that you got to attend. And also, I want everybody to be involved. I know that every person in the body of Christ has a place. Because the Bible says that God sets everyone in the church. You know, God brought you, but he brought you for a purpose to be used and, and to be a blessing. And so each one has a, has a ministry or an involvement because God wants every believer to have a purpose. It's God's plan, his purposes, and then we pursue those things and watch God do supernatural things in our life because we need to see this. We're going to see more miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to hear about things happening. We're going to hear about things taking place. Hallelujah. And if we don't do it, then I'm believing the youth are going to jump up and do it. You know, and, and just, just let God be God. Because you need to understand, when I, when I got on fire for God at 18 and uh, got hungry for God and went into ministry at 19 and uh, went to Bible college and, uh, uh, and, and I used myself, there was a lot of us young people because we came up through the Jesus movement because we didn't, you know, nobody else was getting excited. So we figured we might as well get excited. And uh, well, all it did was we got saved. We got filled with the Holy Spirit and God just supernaturally uh, just got us on fire, hungry for the things of God. And that may be old and everything. You guys understand that. And you may have went through it, and you may have been like my parents or my grandparents who said, those bunch of young people, just look at that long hair. Look at it. Just doing it. Ain't got no shoes on. Getting down there doing things. And all they're doing is taking secular songs and putting Jesus with it. That's all we knew. So it's going to come back to some things here. Because there's going to be a move of God. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be pockets. There's going to be. But there is going to be things that happen. You know, there are going to be some of the strangest people you know are going to get saved and you're not going to believe it. It's true. It's true because God's going to show them. God's going to reach out to them. God's going to touch their lives. Why? Because God has a plan. The one thing that we need to know is that God's not through with the world yet because he still has the church. And I believe that God's called you and I to bring back the king. I believe he's called you and I to bring back the Lord Jesus. I truly believe that with all my heart. Someone says, what happens if you're 80 or 90 and, and it didn't happen? I'm going to be glory to God. I'm still going to say, I'm bringing back the king. Hallelujah. And if I go to Jesus, I said, Lord, I did everything I could to tell him you were coming back. Because that's what we need to share. And he's coming back for a church. He's coming back for a glorious church. He's coming back for some things. You know, just like I started saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up, but, uh, you know, when it talks about in Matthew there, 28, when it talks about, uh, or Mark 16, I should say, what's like these signs are going to follow them that believe. Remember, I gave you two things, said you're going to cast out devils, you're going to speak with new tongues, but the Bible also says that you're going to take up serpents. You say, what does that mean? We're supposed to be handling snakes? No, that's where people got real crazy, you know, and uh, uh, that's definitely test your faith, but it's not a good thing, thing, and nor is it scriptural. What it means is, what it totally means is, is that you are going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And when it says you're going to take up certain serpents, it means that you're going to say, here, I have authority and you're not going to allow anything the devil's doing to affect you. You're not going to walk in fear. And that's something that we've got to understand. We're not going to walk in fear. We're going to allow God to be God in our lives. Amen.
Hallelujah. Then it says, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt, hurt you, which means it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Though a thousand may fall at your this side or 10,000 at this side, it's not going to come nigh thee. You're going to let God be God. That doesn't mean that the enemy won't try to come and bring sickness or bring disease or bring things. And I think that's where faith people have messed up in a lot of ways. Because let me just share that we are a faith church. The number one thing that you're going to hear me preach in 2022 and 2023, what you always hear me, is you're going to hear me preach faith, believing God, exercising our faith for, for souls, exercising our faith for healing, exercising our faith for deliverance, exercising our faith, hallelujah, for the word of God to go forth and have demonstration. It's going to be that. That's my makeup. That's who I is. Can't change. Can't change. I'm going to teach everything and share everything, but I'm going to let you know, glory to God, the spirit of faith is number one because I got to get a spirit of faith in you. We need faith now more than anything else. I've talked to so many ministers and they're like, man, I didn't realize how lack of faith was in my church. And that's why we messed up. That's why things fell by the wayside. It's because we didn't have faith. So it says, well, why did your church do so good? Because that's all I know. And now I teach all kinds of things, but that is what I is. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to exercise faith. God's still God. God's going to do it. God's going to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me with, with God. If, if they, who, somebody is against, who can be against us if God is for us? Hallelujah. I'm going to believe God. What things ever I desire when I pray, I believe that I receive them and I'm going to have them. I'm going to walk in faith. When I share with that is that I also know how to do the right kind. Amen. I know how to bring a balance to it. I know how to bring the what works. Because it also goes on to say, these signs are going to follow those that believe in his name. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what we need to be. We need to be helping those that they're, they're in fear. That We just need to be praying. We need to be believing. We need to be exercising our faith. That's the reason we're here on the earth. God has still, he wants people born again. He wants the church to grow. He wants it. And we want to honor God in everything that we do. Honoring God simply means that, man, I want to do, Lord, so that you're honored, you're pleased. I want it to be, you know, that you, just like he said about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I want him to say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I want to have that good and faithful servant. I want to reach out and touch the lives because I want what God wants in our hearts. Amen. Yeah, we've got a lot of natural beliefs and believing that we're doing for, for Harvest Bible Church. I am. I'm believing for 500 adults strong. That means you're not going to get to seat and, sit in your same seat. Somebody's going to be taking that. So we may have to go to two, three thir- services right now, but we want to build this thing so that we do have 500. That's my goal. Why is that? Because I think with 500 elite soldiers, we can whoop the world. <laughs> I mean, we're doing pretty good with the 200 we have right now. Hallelujah. So let's just double and allow God to be God in our lives. And we're believing for, for great things. And of course, we're believing to just let God pay for what he's doing because he's doing it. He's handling it. And, and we see the hand of God upon our lives. And that's, that's what we want. That's our desire. Amen. And time is short, folks. It is. But that's exciting. We've got the ball, and there's two minutes left. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're about to win the game. Amen. Hallelujah. We're about to win the game. We're about to do the things God. Hallelujah. And there's so many miracle signs and wonders. You know, when you read the book of Acts, 
And that's what I always do every year. Why do you read the book of Acts? Because that's the beginning of the church. Let's go back and just read what the church did, what the church did. I mean, man, it's phenomenal. They talk about God's supernatural. He set up some things. He got everybody who's going to work in the church. First thing he did was he dealt with liars in the church. They died. Then he turned around, and, and then they said, hey, you know, the ministers, they can't leave the word of God and serve tables. Then he organized and got people involved and, and set up order in the church. Hallelujah. Got people to doing things. And he looked out for people who were honest and full of the Holy Ghost and full of an honest report. Amen. And did things there. Hallelujah. Then the persecution came. Hallelujah. And then the church was spread everywhere. You know, you had world mission took place, you know, trying to, to deal with this. But here's the thing too, though. One thing that we need to know and understand is, you know, we are, we're definitely a world vision church. We give to, you know, we, we support missionaries all over the world and they want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I may not address you enough in that, but man, our missionaries love you. They think you're the greatest congregation in the world because of what we do and we give and we sow and we pray. And they're, they're, they're honored. And they let us know things that are going on. And it's a blessing. You know, we can get things hands on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. They can see and do. But I am not satisfied what we're doing here. We do support certain things that are here, but I'd like to have a greater impact right here in Stockton and Lodi and the surrounding areas that are good things. I don't want to just do something to do it. I've never been one to do something to do it. Now I want to do something that's going to have lasting results and touch lives and do this. Amen? And I was praying about that, about the Lord. You know, it's so funny. We had a church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was in the inner city, so we didn't, you know, we were never... Uh, we were never on the papers or we didn't have to do... Well, we were always in the papers because we were always helping the bigger churches who said they wanted to do all this stuff. They had a lot more money than we did. We just had manpower. So we would do this. But back when Operation Blessing was going on, you know, with the 700 Club and all those things there, we were the number one church in the three and a half million people that did everything, did the most. In fact, when they came in, they did a whole movie on me. And they did a whole thing. I don't know if it's ever been aired or not. I don't think it was because they couldn't believe it when they got there. They were afraid their trucks were going to get stolen. And they had everything. And they had their cameras. And they were doing things. And they were interviewing us. And they were doing this whole movie on us. Because we were the number one church that gave away all of the most blankets. We were the number one church that gave away the most of the food. We were the number one church that had the most outreaches. We were the number one church that was doing the most in the whole city. You know, through them and through everything else we were doing. Through all the other ministries that were combining and you say, and I had this, you know, I just had this, you know, crazy thing. And you got to understand, our, our, our Sunday morning offering would be $2,000 with a congregation of 600. They didn't have any money. We had to believe God all the time, you know, in everything we were doing. It was just a miracle of what God was doing. And you say, well, how come we don't do all that now? Because I got tired. But uh, no, one of the reasons is because, is you know, just doing what God called us to do. And the Lord just began to remind me of some things of what he can do when you just put him to the test. And see, we're at a point now where there's going to be a lot of more people that need, need help and a lot of different things, even though there's, there's things that take place. So I'm just letting you know that we're just stirring up our hearts because now we have a facility and the, and the ability to do some things. Amen? So get ready. Just buckle in. And if you just so say, well, I don't, I don't want to do anything, then that's good. Just hang out. Watch us. Keep coming. And uh, hopefully you'll get saved. And then what will happen is, is you'll enjoy things and you'll be blessed. But I just, if you want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, you need to keep coming. Because God's going to keep doing it. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment.
Okay. Well, can, 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 well, hang on just a second so they can hear you. Let me get my thing here. So go ahead and say it. I didn't hear it. The Lord told me this morning, very, very clear, and the words are still ringing in my soul. We will possess the land. And he said, this is a declaration, so we need to speak it. And now he has a word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, let me say that exactly right you want to say. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, we'll possess the land that is set before us and the assignments that have been given. But there are new assignments that are going to be given. And when I say assignments, says the Lord, there are things that I've spoken to many about what I want them just to do. They may seem small and insignificant to start out, but all the effect and the power that will take place. You've looked and you've seen and you've lived but now it's time to live again. It's time to rise with faith in your heart and to believe that my word will supersede all other words, that my plan will come to pass of what I have for this church and for each and every one of you because your steps have been ordered of me, says the Lord. You've gone this way and you've gone that way, but now we're going to fine-tune and put you in a direction so that you'll be at peace, but you'll also be with an excitement and an honest of, wow, look what the Lord has done and look what he's doing and look what he wants to do. Because your faith has been challenged the last two years. Your faith and your ability to see into the future seems cloudy, seems muddy, seems that, oh, well, but they say this, but they've been saying this, and they're saying this. Yes, there are many voices, and none of them without signification, the scriptures say, but only my voice 
And my word has power in your life and in your circumstances. That's why you rise up and you do proclaim. You do declare that God's hand is upon me. That the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me for what I'm doing. Each one of us has been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. To stay on fire. To stay full. To stay connected to the heart of the Father. To stay in relationship. It's all about that relationship with you and me, says the Lord. If you'll hear, my sheep hear and know my voice. And they won't follow the voice of another. You won't be tricked. You won't be offended. You'll be able to walk free from offense. You'll begin to see and to know that what's being said and declared is going to come to pass. And you're going to be a part and your part. Though you may seem to think that it's so insignificant or seem to think that, yeah, but what can I do at my age? What can I do with this? Or what can I do? I mean, look at me. Oh, but did you not remember that in the midst of famine, in the midst of, in the Old Testament, when the prophet said, I gave a word of the Lord to him and he said, guess what? At this time tomorrow, at this time tomorrow, you'll have more than enough food, more than enough. In fact, everything will be broken. And God used four lepers that were outside the city who said, if we stay here, we die. If we go to, to the enemy's camp, maybe they'll feed us and then kill us, but at least we'll get a meal. Yeah. And God used them to be the sound of a mighty rushing army. Used them to be the sound of multitudes. And it changed everything in a matter of moments. So be ready. This is the beginning. We don't try to make things happen. We walk them out as God leads us and directs our steps. So yes, Yes, you're going to possess the land. And yes, we've got to speak it out and speak it forth of what God is doing and God is saying. Because if we don't declare, if we don't speak out life, then death will reign. We've got to speak life. You've got to speak what I say, says the Lord. Which is, I'm for you, not against you. My plans, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to bring an expected in or a future and a hope. Because our future is as bright as the coming of the Lord. Our future is bright. Our future is bright. So don't stop, don't sit by the way. So well, I'm just going to say, no, 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 no. I order your steps. One step at a time. Each step is a step of faith. I walk by faith. I step out in faith. And as you step out in faith and you step out in boldness and you step out with influence and you'll step out in those things, there'll come an assurance that God will make sure that you cannot fail. He'll be with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? 
Father, we honor you and thank you for your word. We thank you for your exhortation. You said, Father, in your word about tongues and interpretation of tongues, just to edify us. It edifies us, it builds us up, it gives us direction. Lord, thank you for this amazing church. You've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Oh, Father, you're so good. So wonderful. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Father, our heart's desires that people would know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That is our heart's desire. That's why we have church, so that people can have a place to come and to know Jesus Christ, but also churches so they can grow up in the things of God. And it's a family. Father, thank you for the family of Harvest Bible Church. And thank you, Father, for if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, my heart's desire is that they would know him. They may know about him. They may know of him. But, Father, they need to know him. And if you are here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand real high. Let me pray for you. Let's know him. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord, we shall be saved. It's so important. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place not knowing. I think we're all born again. I think we're all part of the body of Christ. But if not, man, just wave. Shout me down here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. And if you're watching and you're watching this for the first time and you're checking us out, hey, we love you. We care for you. Hallelujah. We thank you. And we just know Jesus loves you. And Father, right now, I thank you and praise you for each and every person. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.